0: Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Seris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs to reveal the unexpected paths to entrepreneurship. Today, my guest is Tyler Hitt. Tyler is the. He is an entrepreneur through and through. He's done so much over the years, but what he is most recognized for right now is. HGA which is a sports card grading company and if you're not familiar sports cards have exploded in popularity in the last year they've proven to be excellent investments non uh, I guess just an alternative investment where something like a Michael Jordan rookie might be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars if it's in pristine condition and the pristine condition is the, the reason that's that's what his business does his business hybrid grading approach they take cards that people send to them and pay them to grade, and they give it a a rating and seal it up. So a rating out of 10, 10 being perfect, a 1 being 4, but those gradings then dictate how valuable a card is. Tyler has so much experience in building businesses, it's it's mind-boggling how much he's done. So um, we dive into his whole story, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. So. Without further ado, my conversation with Tyler Hitt. For anyone who isn't familiar maybe with the sports card industry and what's happening right now, could you just uh, describe a little bit about what like grading is, why it matters, and then um, talk about what you do at HGA?
1: Yeah. Um, grading is we just determine the condition of the card's quality. So it comes through. Our system will scan the card. It'll actually analyze and grade the card, give it a grade 1 to 10 on that on the scale and just determine the condition of corners, surface, edges, let me see, and centering.
0: Okay, yeah. Um,
1: so it's a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, just had him message slide across my desk. Oh, yeah, but, it's all um, good. but yeah, it's just it, all it does is it increases the value of the card. So if, a, if you have a card that grades perfect as a 10, it's gonna triple to quadruple the price of the card or the value of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the industry as a whole has just blown up lately. So like your your company is pretty relatively new. It's only a few months old. And yep. um, what was the impetus for jumping in such a competitive market?
1: Um, so when we... St- I've been a card collector my whole life, but uh, I was actually, you know, breaking cards. We started breaking cards, collecting more cards the past about almost year and a half, two years ago. And when we'd send cards into like PSA and different places, we would uh, see a lot of inconsistencies in the grading and um, just boring labels, just it's just an older market. It's been around for 30 years. PSA has, Beckett has been very little changed, very little newcomers come and actually press them to do anything better. Um, so I was like, oh, we could definitely do that. And uh, so I put my team of developers on it and got me a strong team behind me. And we really started making headway.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this is a big investment. And I know you're an entrepreneur before this venture. you right. were an entrepreneur. And you are hard to pin down. I've I was trying to figure out some of the other businesses you were doing. What I what I tracked down was um like rip hit like your last name mm-hmm. being hit um because that was yeah. in round cards. But then switch it title exchange possibly yeah. hometown apparel and then yeah. hit exotics. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So you you've done quite a different like you have a broad spectrum of things that you've worked on and created. So like I oh, yeah. I wanted to dive into your story and like uh, learn how you got here, learn about the entrepreneurship side of you and um yeah, how how you got to HGA. So, when were you first feeling the bug, the entrepreneurship bug? Is this something that's always been with you? Is it something more um in adulthood?
1: Uh um, no, it's always been with me. I've always been just entrepreneurial minded um ever I mean my favorite games growing up were always like the tycoon games you want to build up big towns businesses roller coaster theme parks just everything um and it just you know carried over to adulthood um I opened my first business when I was 20 years old um it was in the travel industry we sold vacation packages and different things then went into uh, goodness we went into the title company um so we work in uh, that's switch of title exchange we've had it for 7 8 years now and uh, we deal with timeshare titles and then from there, we bought uh, pre-played media. Um, I've opened Hometown Apparel. We have Coffee Prohibition. There's a couple that you weren't able to find, but uh, <laughs> they're um, Hit Exotics. That was one of my more recent ones. It was a exotic car rental company. So just anything that I'm passionate about that I think you know can be profitable, You know, I like to delve into and see how profitable it could be and how much fun it could be and if there's a need in the industry for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, coffee prohibition? What is that?
1: It's our coffee shop. It goes with our video game store, and in the evenings we do like uh, escape games out of it.
0: That is very cool. Yeah, you yeah. you have your hands in a lot of different things. That's awesome. Yeah. So, how did you first get into that? The first the travel company was that something that you had been a part of before? Did you just did you notice that need?
1: Um, well, I work for a uh, timeshare industry. I was in the timeshare industry and uh, I went from that into what they call vacation club. So it's a spin-off, It's use the unused uh, inventory of timeshare. And from there, we've started working with some of the memberships and they wanted to offer their members special packages instead of just, you know, letting them log on. They wanted us to directly con- uh, contact them. So we set up our own call room and our own phone room to sit there and call their members and offer certain discounted vacations. And that was my first entrepreneurial thing that I had done.
0: Nice. And how long was that before then you started to um, diversify and branch out?
1: Um, That was probably when I was 20. So that was 13 years ago. And it took a little while um, after that to get back into a more stable side of the industry. Timeshare is very up and down. And uh, so we were able to get into the title work, uh, transferring titles, getting people out of timeshare and just doing a lot of the title work.
0: Yeah. So then, like, it sounds like those, these early businesses then would, were funding the future ones, I'm assuming.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So all the money that comes from other businesses goes back into more future endeavors.
0: Yeah. That's very cool. Um, Yeah. What drives you to keep, to keep growing? Because you do have so many things going on. And I imagine a big, we'll dive into everything, but I imagine quite a big staff to be managing across all these different platforms and things.
1: I'm very competitive. And as I've gotten older, um, since I'm not as good at sports anymore, that I'm getting older and I'm still short, still can't jump, still not fast. <laughs> uh, I'm, I can be competitive in the business world.
0: For sure. And like, it's funny. I, that's what I was thinking about. Like, uh, I feel like that's why I'm an entrepreneur is like right. playing sports growing up. It's all these things that I miss. And it's mostly competitive with me. Like, I'm trying to right. get better and do better. I'm not really trying right. to like. Like, neither of us are not trying to crush anyone. You're not trying to like destroy PSA. You're trying to compete and show that you can do it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep, you, that's it. It's just, you know, always proving your worth and showing that you can do something. It's, you know, when somebody, when one of the most motivating things to me is when somebody tells me I can't. um, So when somebody's like, oh, you can never make a grading company, you know, you can't catch PSA, you can't, you know, make a legitimate company, I'm like, watch me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's one of my favorite things to hear is when somebody doubts me, I'm like, all right, cool. I, you know, it gives me the fire I need. It's like, you know, when you played sports, I'm like, oh, you can't beat that team. You can't you can't beat that guy. He's better than you, he's bigger than you, he's faster than you. I'm like, all right, we'll see. So I'm just very competitive when it comes to everything.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the the adult competition in this space. Yeah. Um, so what type of investment was it to start something like HGA? Because you've developed the technology to have the artificial intelligence grade in. You've developed your own um, slabs for the you've you've done so much. In a very short period of time, I imagine there's quite an upfront cost to get in the in the game.
1: Um, as as we're still going, we're still developing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've been developing for over a year now. Um, we're in the millions. That's well over past four or five million dollars that I have invested of my own money into it. Um, we have no more money that's coming from anybody. Nobody's invested. I have no investors. I've done it all myself. Um, I actually sold off hit exotics. I had all my cars paid for. um, Owned a Thirteen, I think we had thirteen exotic cars, Lamborghinis, uh, Ferraris, different cars. So I sold off my collection to fund all this. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's been very expensive expensive and extensive. And we're still continuing to invest more into it every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what was the opportunity that you saw then that to sell off the essentially the entire business of hit exotics, mm-hmm. all the cars to go really just headfirst first right into the sports car industry?
1: The need. Um it was to me, it was the need You know, when I really started going into it, you know, they would say 10 days and instead be like 20 days. And then it was like the next time I submitted, it was like 40 days for a 10 day. I'm like, well, this is getting worse. And, you know, then it, the prices of the boxes started going up. And I'm like, oh, wait, the demand's getting higher. It's continuing to get higher. Well, who else can we send to besides PSA and BGS? So then I went to SGC, gave them a try and you know, they were backed up. It was supposed to have been 10 to 20 days and I got them back 150 days later. Now, by that time I'd already, you know, delve into this and I'm like, all right, you know, it's a, it's a huge issue in the market. There's not enough grading companies. Honestly, there needs to be more grading companies to keep up with the demand right now. The demand is at an all time high, but it's been increasing every year. We, you know, but you can look back at PSA, and BGS every year for the past, I think 11 years now they've increased in their profits and their
0: Ooh, sorry, you broke up right there.
1: Sorry, had a phone call.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's all good.
1: <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I mean, the numbers have continued to climb up until you know COVID, and then they just spiked. I mean, it just went. Um, I mean, just in uh, another stratosphere. I mean, nobody expected that it would blow up like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So when COVID hit, were you already developing
1: HGA? um we had already started right around the time that it started in march we had already started putting plans and stuff together by april we were already had a team of eight you know developing all the software all the ordering systems all the uh, workflow automation tools yeah we were already going into it Um, took a lot longer i was like hey let's be open by july or august we didn't launch till january i mean there's so much more that goes into it i mean just even the developing the cases um, uh, I didn't want to go overseas, you know, that's where a lot of the companies make their cases. It's way cheaper, but I wanted to keep it here in the United States. and that itself was a task that um, and then all the different sizes to hold each side uh, thickness of card up to three hundred and sixty point. you know it, it's it's a work and then it's expensive. We had our initial investment in cases was almost half a million dollars.
0: oh wow. So yeah, that's and, no I mean joke. they're not
1: cheap. I mean, that's why people are like, oh, they're just throwing it cheap cheap. I'll I'll start my own grading company. I'm like, if you want to start it right, it ain't cheap. Go ahead. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you've invested in every aspect. Like you said, like the design of the of the labels, everything. Like it yeah. as soon as I saw that, it's like come from like what we do is brand development and whatnot, like sort of a design world. So I saw that and I was like, I just, I love how they look. And then learning about the AI and the quick turnaround and things it really immediately, it was appealing to me. So what were some of the things, um, just, just for anyone listening, like, I, I know how you were launching it, but what were some of the things you did to ensure you didn't run into the troubles that a PSA or SGC were running into?
1: Um, that was one of the big things was, you know, we were, Notice that they were falling behind. Mm-hmm. So we put limitations on our submissions each week. So we started off the very first week we took in 800 cards. Um, we're almost four months into business and we're at almost 8,000 cards a week right now. Wow. So I mean, we've grown tenfold. We started with eight employees when we launched and now we're at 120 some employees. Whoa. So we're the third largest grading company by a number of employees right now. Um, so we've you know passed all the other companies pretty quickly that you know or have been you know around a while or some of the newer ones. Obviously, we had a leg up on them a little bit. But um, our goal, my goal, is to have a thousand employees um, worldwide by the end of this year.
0: Wow, yeah, that that is impressive. Well, what yeah. what does it look like to bring people in then? Because it's the hybrid approach to artificial intelligence and human grading. Is right. there a lot of onboarding? for someone or is it a little maybe a little easier because you have the the software side?
1: It's it's a little easier. Um so it's pretty consistent and standard across the board for the grading. So we need people who know cards for a couple steps of the process. The rest of it is pretty main just manual, you know, checking the cards, making sure you can read Kobe, make sure it's on the page that it's the right order. A lot of it's, you know, just training. Um a lot of like shipping. You know, all they have to know how to do is you know push buttons and get it shipped, packaged correctly and set back out. So the majority of it don't they don't need full experience but we there are some specifics that we are recruiting for across the country we've moved people from i think nine different states and two different countries so far
0: oh wow yeah
1: so yeah and it, so it feels like out.
0: yeah there's so much to develop in terms of the grading as well and figuring out the cards oh and if it's easier you can flip the flip the phone vertical it's no problem
1: oh no it's fine like i okay. just wasn't as like i wasn't 100 percent ready to set up and so i'm just
0: holding my phone right now oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah i mean whatever works for me whatever works for you um but yeah it's there's so many aspects of like you mentioned like there's like the scenery and there's the corners the the edges and sure. um, whatnot the surface but there's also um you have like autographs like authentication of autographs authentication of the card because like reprints of especially yep. like vintage cards is a big problem how yep. have you uh approached that because like i don't I don't even know where to start with something like that.
1: Yeah. So we have previous authenticators that have done authentication in the past and, you know, they bring in their own library of, you know, autographs and everything. And then they look for same pensmanship pin stroke and everything like that. Um, as far as like your new, try to be reprints of your 86 clear Jordans. You know, we have a lot of people who have a lot of research history into cards. So it's a, uh, it, it definitely uses a lot of different techniques. We also have, you know, with our AI, it's able to, you know, scan and measure the cards and everything to make sure it's not, you know, yeah. a miscut or anything like that. So we use as much technology, but we have a lot of research and staff and development that know their cards and know what to look for for fakes.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, because that would be the last thing you would want is to be authenticating cards that aren't actual, like especially an AD, a, a Jordan. Like a Jordan right. rookie, that would be the worst. But... Yep. yeah that's, that's such...
1: why, I mean a lot of the companies are quitting to take those it's just because their fakes are getting so good I mean so it's really you know it, it's sad but you know if, if somebody could slide a you know fake Jordan off for, you know thousands of dollars they're going to do it
0: oh yeah absolutely and so I <laughs> I just want to check did I understand correctly that last year you spent some crazy figure just on cards for your personal collection?
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, you probably did. I I, I, I love cards, and I was spending, and I still do, anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand dollars a week on cards.
0: That is wild. Like that's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I can't even, can't even fathom. But I love like that's from your passion for entrepreneurship. You've built yep. this this income and everything to afford the ability to do that, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, were yeah. you? Using those as investments at that point, or just um, pure yeah, some
1: some of them I you know I'll sit on. I'll, I have I was having them graded. I'd sit on some of them. I'd flip some of them. Um, a little bit of everything. But I mean, it, twenty thousand. Some people are like, how can you open that much product? I mean, right now a box or a case of flawless. It's almost twenty thousand. So I get yeah. to open twenty cards for twenty thousand dollars. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're paying a thousand dollars to open a random card, pretty much. So it's like, yeah, it's not as hard as people think. Like, I bet that's a lot of cards when they don't know the industry. It's like, ah, eh, it's not really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially just in these last 12 months, like things have yeah. ramped up. Like I just, mm-hmm. like growing up, like like you, I was into sports cards and things, but it wasn't until the last maybe 18 months or so that I really started to get interested in it again. And I'm, right. I'm just really collecting some of the vintage stuff that I really, that I like personally, you know, right. like um, a lot of, mostly football. But sort of on that note, would you say that hga is more suited for a certain type of card like vintage versus ultra modern
1: um no i wouldn't say we're more suited i mean we have a lot more data for new cards Mm -hmm. it's just you know easier to come across and scan a lot of the newer cards um it's just they're just way more produced right now and just easier to get our hands on as we you know went through and built our database so i would say that we have a much larger library of new cards um i'd say 85 percent of our stuff is ultra modern
0: yeah um yeah and with your approach then your personal approach I've mm-hmm. heard that you're not you're not running your cards through your own system Correct just be, which like makes sense you wouldn't want to <laughs> have right. anyone like consider that you may be gaming the system in any way
1: exactly. And that's the only reason I mean it, yeah. I just don't ever want to be accused of anything like that so exactly. yeah, I, I have all my own cards and I have an eBay account and I have some all my cards that I don't need I, I sell them raw. So uh-huh. yeah I have a lot of money on the table but I like you know, I'm just a man of my word. And I said, I wouldn't grade my own cards and I don't.
0: For sure. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that has to be tough though, because you're developing what feels like the, like the way to do it now, uh, but yeah. then not able to use your own, your own service. But yeah. Yeah.
1: We hope to change that in the future. Um, Once the new system that we've launched, it, it we can make everything anonymous. And uh, before we ever, you know, offer it to our employees and stuff, we're going to go live and show how our system works, you know, that it's a completely anonymous and everything. So where there is no way that it could be cheated. So before we ever allow that, I mean, at that point, you know, months down the road, once we get all that done, love to use, be able to use my on grading service, but it has to be 100% completely anonymous. So there is no cherry picking or anything like that, that other companies have been accused of and been caught doing. So, wow. you know, before we ever go to that, that is something 100% that has to be done before we ever consider that.
0: Yeah. So how do you balance your time across all of these businesses? Um, Like when we started, you mentioned you're just meeting after meeting today. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How do you How do you do it?
1: Um, Mainly, right now, this is my big focus. HGA is so Mm -hmm. I usually get them set up, and I find somebody who runs it, and they do a very good job. You know, I'll just get random updates daily, or you know, once a week, depending on which business it is. And you know, I have meetings with them. I'll swing by and check on them, or call and talk to whoever runs it for me, and you know, just go on about my way. It's uh, I like to build companies, build brands, and you know put people in the right place and that's what it's about you know because you can't you can't build any large business without trust and you know you have to find people you can trust and you know have the same direction in mind that you do
0: mm-hmm. yeah after all this time then with so many hires do you have any advice for finding people that you can trust
1: um uh, no I, I trust everybody <laughs> until you give me a reason not to trust you
0: oh there you go so, yeah yeah, yeah so i yeah, guess, guess being... I
1: everybody i like Go ahead.
0: Yeah, being comfortable firing then, I guess if it's not a yeah. fit is very important.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a hundred percent. I told everybody that like you've got a chance here. Just don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get a long gray. You can be a long term employee. You know, have a long career here. Just don't mess up. Yeah. So,
0: so do you see um, a long runway of your main focus being HGA, or are there any things that are starting to uh, spark your interest already?
1: I mean, it's it. This is very in depth. There's a lot yeah. that goes into it my focus will be on HGA for at least the upcoming two to three years, at least hundred mm-hmm. percent.
0: Yeah. Do you, so, do you have sort of a runway typically like that? Like a couple of years with the companies or. Yeah. I usually try to
1: gift each year, each company, at least one to two years. This one's obviously much larger. I mean, we see a huge future with HGA and what it could become worldwide. So it's definitely going to take, I've devoted a lot more of my time and attention to it than normal.
0: Yeah. So with such an, an expensive company to run so many employees, yeah. Are you able to be profitable yet? Is there like a point where you're like, oh, so many months down the line, we'll hit profitability. Like, how does that look?
1: Um, we're profitable. Uh, but the the, it, the only thing that we're doing with the profit is putting it right back into the company. So there's nothing coming from the company profit-wise, like in my pocket, but we're profitable. So it's a, it looks very good. Um, but 100% of our money goes right back into a building because we're you know expanding fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much space? Are you have you had to expand space already? Because I mean, just thinking uh, yeah, that you'd have a thousand work. employees later,
1: yeah. We have uh, right now we're at 52,000 square feet. Um, we have a new location with another 8,000 square feet, and we're looking at another location with an additional 47,000 square feet. Wow, so within the next couple of months, we should be around over 100,000 square feet. Yeah,
0: that 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 is a growth of like that, that is just amazing, yeah. like growing yeah. that quickly. And where are you based out of again?
1: Knoxville, Tennessee. Gotcha,
0: Yeah. yeah. Um wow. Well, yeah, I just everything I do is from like the minimalist business kind of space. It's me and my business right. partner. We we work behind the scenes at different brands. But I really wanted to talk to you, just seeing that you've done so much. And I find it very fascinating. And I think it's yeah, I think it's really useful to, to be able just to be able to see like all the different like approaches to business yeah. and entrepreneurship and everything. Um, are you hoping to reach a particular market share um versus the other companies?
1: I mean, we want to be the biggest and the best.
0: Yeah, I guess as soon as I said it, I'm like, I think I know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, and I've been clear about that. I mean, I don't understand why anybody goes into business to be second or third fiddle in anything. Um, if I'm going into anything, I believe that I'm the best. I'm either offering a superior product or I'm offering a superior service than what my competitors are. And we're doing both. Yeah. So I, I think it's only a matter of time. You know, We have We've had some, you know, issues, labels, you know, being misspelled and different things. And, you know, we've we've had issues like that, you know, some people are like, oh, they lost my credibility. But, you know, it, it's just silly, you know, to try to write us off when all, the other company's been in business for 30 years and they still make mistakes. But we have a lot of stuff in place that's happening in the next two weeks. I've announced on our Facebook page, new system, I'm going in to, you know, do drop down menus to submit your cards and then brand new printing systems. You know, that's going to cost us upwards of a hundred thousand dollars on printers. Um, so a lot of new development going in all the time.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. How much, um, how big, how, I don't want to say this. the percentage of the company that's focused on the innovation, because a lot of it is the, the hands-on managing the cards, but it sounds like you have a lot of people who are working on development, like the actual business. So we
1: have, I'm going to guess probably 100 and, 120 is about what we have on the actual production line. Now, if you want to go off that with management, um, my business development, my IT team, we're probably another 20, 22 people, I think, right now. So, I mean, we're, we've got a huge team behind us. And like I said, the sky's the limit right now. So mm-hmm. we're continuing to build out, build out, build out just as fast as we can.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, especially everything's it's going so smoothly. But is there anything that now, in retrospect, you wish you would have known like last year as you were developing this?
1: yeah yeah i wish i wouldn't have done it oh really (laughs) i walked probably 10 years off my life oh geez (laughs) um no i i love i love it when i sit there and think about it but it's a lot of putting myself out there i'm pretty i'm a pretty i can't say reserved i'm outgoing but i don't like being in the limelight and this has put me out in the limelight a lot more than i'm comfortable with and that i like i don't like to be doing interviews i'm not this type of person likes videos and stuff i'm like oh no not another one it's like here we go um <laughs> it's just not who i am i'm just that's not my personality mm-hmm. so it put me in a position that i don't like to be personally in but um then business-wise you know I, I take a lot more criticism and then people are always calling me out like oh he's just being greedy i'm like no 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 i'm not like if y'all only knew how much money i've dumped into this how much time you know i put off with my family and like they're going on vacation next week to Florida. I don't get to go because I'm still here trying to run a business. So, you know, I, I've sacrificed a lot to try to build this business up, and that's what you do as an entrepreneur. So, I mean, it's not a oh pity me. It's just it's the realization of what it takes to open a successful business. Hundred hour weeks are just standard for me. I haven't put in less than hundred hours a week in seven eight months. I mean, it's seven days a week. I'm not taking a. I can't remember the last time I took a day off.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's. A lot so, of hustle, but, but I imagine you get the return though, that internal, like obviously you want to spend time with the family and things, but yeah, yeah. at the moment, it's still feeding you.
1: There, there'll be a time when I get a return and I'm like, all right, we're there. But uh-huh. I have such big expectations, such huge expectations for myself and for the company. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. So there'll come a day when I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome what we've done, you know, and everybody, you know, so many people around us are like, and, you know, they come and they see it and they're like, wow, this place is huge compared to what, you know, they thought it was. And so we're excited about doing some videos and, you know, some different show arounds because I don't people don't realize how big we are. You know, we're in a former Walmart. I mean, literally, we're taking oh, wow. up a Walmart, um, <laughs> but it's late. We, we spent hundreds of thousands renovating, and, you know, updating it to make it flow for us. But people don't realize how big of a process, how in depth it is. And um, so it's going to be cool to launch some of the videos like that and just show people how much work has gone into this company.
0: Yeah. And do you then have any vision for your AI in terms of licensing that out? Because I know other companies now they're trying to catch you in terms of the artificial intelligence. Have you considered like essentially white labeling it or doing anything like that or keeping it? What's that? Not a chance. Yeah.
1: I build it. I keep it.
0: Uh huh. Definitely. I'm like- selfish
1: with my stuff, but we do. We have. We have discussed using our AI for some other aspects, um, such as in the medical field. We've been approached and talked to about some other people because of how in depth our parameters can be um, for measurements and stuff. So inside the medical field, there has been some talks that we could be crossing it over to use it in some other, you know, helpful places. So which we would love to you know help any way we can and medical field
0: yeah that's i mean that would be amazing i mean especially yeah taking the technology from because it's an amazing hobby investment all these things but then applying it to something that can help possibly save lives like how did that come about is that something that you guys recognize someone came to you
1: um just some of our developers have worked aside you know for inside the medical field with different uh, software development and they're like oh this would be great for this and this and this and we're like yeah, I guess so. And they're like, would you ever think about doing that? I'm like, absolutely. Like, I'm, if it's helping somebody, yeah, it's 100% loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. So yeah, there's, there's definitely, we're looking at ways to, you know, utilize the software that we, the AI um, that we've built to, you know, be used in other purposes as well.
0: Yeah. So at the very, very beginning, so you were, of HGA, you were doing the, uh, the launch of, you said, 800 a week, but mm-hmm. how did you... How did you hit the scene so quickly? Because I swear overnight practically everyone was talking about you.
1: Um, that, that's a funny story. I mean it really is just from where I was breaking so much, I had a big following of people you know who would like follow me around a break and just like, I just love watching you break and you know you spent so much money. I'm like, yeah, you're making me feel bad but uh, <laughs> so I had a lot of people you know who I knew in the in the industry. And, um, I'm, I, I kept a couple people, you know, a few people informed, like, Hey, we're building our own system. And I would shoot them, send them updates of where we were and everything. And, um, so I wanted to keep it down low. Cause like I said, we were, I was shooting for a July, you know, open date and then August, then September, then October. And it kept getting pushed off. So I never wanted to make any major announcements till we were ready. Well, a couple of the morning and they're like, Hey, I think everything's good to go. I'm like, really? And so we went through everything. We just walked through it. They walk us through each part. I'm like, all right. So what are we missing now? And they're like, Cards to grade. I'm like, <laughs> really? We're ready to go. So we went ahead and I was like, all right. So I, I just put up a post on Facebook and everybody started sharing it around. And uh, we filled up our first week in three and a half days. I was like, all right, cool. You know, it's faster than what we thought. Um, I didn't think we'd fill up, you know, because it's a it's a hard industry to catch on everybody. So die hard PSA or die hard BGS. And then you got your outliers who like SGC. And um the second week we filled up in one hour and 12 minutes. The Jeez. third week our servers crashed and we filled up in two minutes. <laughs> So after that, you know, we just were like, okay, we got to figure something out because we saw thousands, a couple like eighteen hundred people log in. And we only had at that time, we had no limits on how many cards you could submit. And it was a free for all. And we felt like I said, it was like one minute, 48 seconds. So then we were like, oh, we need to put in some type of queue or something. So now at any given time, we're up to, you know, 10,000 people sitting in line, you know, trying to submit cards
0: yeah yeah i thought that was a great upgrade because it is it's just like essentially standing in line at the store you're just waiting your turn and like obviously you don't like you don't like when it pops up and it's like your number 9723 right. but at the right. same time at least it feels it feels more fair instead of just refer- right. like is my internet fast enough it's not like right. i'm yeah, not the we had a lot
1: of that yeah we had a lot of people say well my internet's slow you know i got in but i didn't have time and i'm like so, you know, we, we took everybody, we, and that's a big thing about me is I listen, you know, people are sitting there saying, Hey, this doesn't work. I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, the cool thing is I'm a hundred percent owner. If I agree with you, I can change it. And we try to, you know, we've made so many changes and upgrades to our system and our website. I mean, it was to the point to where I was letting anybody submit as many cards they want. And then we went from that to 20 and then we went from 20 to 10 and then from 10 to five, you know, we kept learning how many cards you people could send in just so more people would get an opportunity to send with us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So relationships then big part of when you started this what would yeah. you say uh, what kind of role has relationships played just across your entire career of doing this and maybe how did you how have you built up maybe advice for someone who might be newer how they could build up these relationships that are so valuable
1: um the better you treat people the better your life will be um you always leave everybody with a good lasting impression of you and that's you know you never know when somebody's going to come in handy or be able to help you, and the more people you have at your disposal that you've treated kindly, they'll be way more willing to help you.
0: Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. I mean that is yep. it's so important because it is it's like this is all people stuff. I mean that's what yep. I like to talk. to. I like to always ask about relationship building when I talk to different yep. entrepreneurs because it's so important. It's what you know and who you know, and right. the the perfect synergy between those two is when you have a great uh, a great endeavor right yeah um so with all the changes all this stuff happening what are you most excited for like right now today
1: honestly our new printing system yeah (laughs) (laughs) um our printing system is going to help out so much um because right now you know we have these specialized machines that scan and cut our labels and it's a little inconsistent and so people are like oh i can see white on the back of it i'm like i mean we get so many messages a day and i'm like it's just you know it's, it's overwhelming just the amount of people that are very particular about their labels and I get it. And you know, we're doing everything we can, but there's not very many, we're having stuff custom built. I mean, we're talking in the neighborhood of it's six figures to get these printers in our, uh, in that are custom built. And um, I mean, we didn't realize how hard that would have been, you know, Oh, I just want to print one label. Well, it's not as easy. That's why you'll, you'll probably never, ever see PSA or BGS doing what we're doing just because it's too hard. It's just way too much work. I mean, our, our label printers, you know, can only do sixty to eighty labels a day sometimes oh, because they're custom. You know, wherever at PSA, they're probably pumping out eight hundred to thousand because all they do is just type it in, fill it in, it's done. Yeah, you know, wherever they're creating and customizing each label.
0: Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Do you have because you do some fully custom labels and then you have some yep. great canned designs? How does yep. how does that work? Is there? I mean, there have to be people just dedicated just to those. Yeah. So we have
1: uh, fifteen label designers. Um, and three of them are specific for customs. So when a custom order comes through, it goes right to one of the three that are our custom specialists.
0: Nice. Yeah, and how did the customs actually work? Just for my... I never really tried to figure that out. Um,
1: So they just match it a lot better to the card. So let's say um, for like... Kind of think of it going like the green scopes, Joe Burrow or something. Mm-hmm. Instead of it just being like green and orange or whatever to match the car, they'll actually add circles and scopes and stuff and more of a holographic look to try to match up on the, it better. Um, there's one with Kobe Bryant that they actually used a basketball hardwood floor on the background. Nice. So you know, try to match the cards. It, yeah. it, it's just, you know, they're going to try to go over the top and make it just blend with the card even better. Mm-hmm.
0: And from the um, consumer standpoint, is that one of the options? Do they have to like sort of put a special request in?
1: It, it as of about three weeks ago, it's now an odd drop down option. So gotcha. you have the color splash, you have the neutral labels, and then you've got the custom labels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember I saw there was a little uh, back and forth about a cereal box one that you guys did. And I loved yeah. what you did on that label. Yeah, there was yeah. Yeah, it is like a bit of an eye roller in terms of, the conversation around it, but the label, yeah, it was yeah. beautiful and it was beautifully integrated in a way where obviously some people thought it was taken
1: yeah. from, yeah, from that, which it wasn't. I, so I, I called my lead designer. I'm like, Did you copy? He goes, It doesn't even look the same. And yeah. when I, I, I scrolled in, I'm like, It's not the same at all. I was like, Oh, that's funny. But people just automatically assume, you know, people just don't like us, don't like new competition. And, you know, some people just don't like us for whatever reason. And that's fine. But um, then they try to, you know, start, you know, being slanderous and like, Oh, they stole this, their copy. It's trademark, it's trademark infringement. And then I looked at it and he showed me exactly how he created it. It was made from seven different layers that he created and put together. And he's like, no, he's like, it's nothing like that. The actual splash of milk on ours was made from a wave and then it was cropped out. It was whited out and then it was turned into white. (laughs) So it just, goofy that people just go that far to try to tear another company down I'm like it's just goofy so
0: yeah and it's hard i think for people on the outside just of any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor to know really how much goes into this like just yeah. how you're saying with the late printing the labels it does <laughs> we all have a printer you know it's like oh it's easy right. just print it print it the right size you're good to go but yeah that there's so much so many intricate components of this one product that yeah it's yep. yeah so hard to grasp Yep. yeah yeah but yeah i mean i really i love what you what you've been doing with all of it and um yeah i just wanted to to also ask idea to launch this one sounds a little longer uh like a longer period of time there's around like eight to almost 12 months yeah um in terms of your businesses typically is that do you find that it always goes longer do you find you can sort of like spin them up quicker depending on what they are
1: this was definitely the longest startup we've had. Um, I, I'm not a patient person and everybody <laughs> around me knows that that's the entrepreneur in me. And I'm like, let's get this done. Let's get it done today. And I'm like, we'll put as many men as it takes on this project and we'll get this done. And, um, that's just who I am. And I'm, I'm, we've worked, you know, overnights. we've worked late 14, 16, 18 hours every day. And, um, uh, yeah, so this one was definitely out of my wheelhouse. I was every day, I'm like, oh man, y'all are killing me. Like, let's work more, let's work faster. And they're like, we already worked 80 hours last week. I'm like, okay, I remember my first job. So let's get to work. <laughs> uh-huh. so, uh, but um, no, this one definitely was a lot longer startup than the others.
0: Yeah. So, in a bizarre world where you know everything you know right now, mm-hmm. but you're actually like starting over, you don't have any of the businesses, you don't have maybe the funds yet, even maybe like a, uh, nominal amount that you could invest. What would be some right. of the first steps you might take today in 2021 to start building this, this empire of sorts that you've built?
1: Find something you're passionate about. Find something to me. It's not always about, I think a lot of people want to try to reinvent a wheel. Um, it's sometimes to find out what you're passionate about, how you can do something better, and then just figuring out a path to creating a better product or a better environment and something you enjoy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that competition competing yep. in something you already love so you'll have yep. a passion for what you're doing but then yeah just getting out there and seeing what you can do how do you can ruffle some feathers if you will in that industry and really yeah yep. care about your path which yeah i think you've done a great job in everything i i love it and i really appreciate appreciate you taking the time to to have this conversation
1: well thank you for having me on
0: yeah so where should we send people um, to check out uh hybrid and everything you're up to
1: Um, You can send them to our Facebook, Hybrid Grading Approach, or you can send them to our website at www.hybridgrading.com.
0: Perfect. I want to thank Tyler for joining me on this episode. Be sure to check out Hybrid Grading Approach to see his business and everything that they're doing for the sports card industry in terms of grading. It's a phenomenal product that I highly recommend. And if you're curious to learn more about the sports card industry as a whole and how sports card investing has become a, a very valid approach to investing check out my episode with jeff wilson the sports card investor we dive into everything and learn about everything about sports cards about the industry as a whole right now and learn about one of his uh biggest biggest successes at the time which was a i think seventeen thousand dollar michael jordan rookie card that turned into uh what would now be hundreds of thousands of dollars in value and it's about 18 months or so it's it's definitely worth uh, checking out if you're interested in the topic, and that would be the Jeff Wilson episode about, I don't know, six to eight months ago, earlier in the feed. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B Y L T.co to get started. Built. Your website, built for you, simply. Finally, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and to check out the YouTube version, my favorite version of the show. And I would love it if you uh, reached out, leave a comment anywhere, message me on Twitter. I'd I'd love to hear from you if you've been enjoying the show. So that'll do it. Again, I'm Jeff Seris. This has been Starting Now, and I'll see you next time.